Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Don't know if you can hear in the background, kind of a... Oh, he just stopped. Fucking oath, he or she. There was like a... some Someone was mowing their lawn. And I was like, fuck, this is not an ideal. Now my cat is scratching at my door. What a fucking way to start. Uh, I'm going to let him in. This is the NRL round 11 preview. Come in, mate. It's the NRL round 11 preview. That's what this is. Thankfully that person stopped mowing their lawn, but respect to them even if they kept going. Lawns need to be mowed. Uh, yeah, not the intro I was expecting, but here we are. The Round 11 NRL preview podcast coming fresh off of Magic Round. Uh, we've got, of course, a lot to talk about. So as far as what's in store, I'm actually going, I know it's all about me at the moment. Fucking hell, first 90 seconds. Uh, but I've got a house inspection coming up for an absolute beauty of a house, so I might record this in two lots. So I was going to talk about some news going around the game, uh, but there's nothing major, so I was like, meh. So what's in store? I'm just going to talk about all eight games across Magic Round, uh, as far as where the competition is at. Very competitive, congested ladder, uh, so it is important. More than ever, if you can rack up two or three wins in a row, like the Canberra Raiders, uh, then all of a sudden, you're flying pretty high on the ladder. But on the other side of that, if you drop form for just a couple of weeks, two or three losses, boom, you're out of the eight. Uh, So we're seeing a lot of movements. Roosters starting the round in the top four. Uh, Now, after that loss, they are not in the top four. You think about the Warriors, my side. We were sitting second. Only a couple of weeks ago going into that Storm game. Now, we are 11th. So, there are a lot of movements to come. Week to week, I'm not going to be diving too deep into the ladder. I'll save that more for the Weekend Wrap podcast. Uh, Because, who knows, some of the teams that are like 13th, 14th could go on a run. Like It's absolutely anyone's game at the moment, which I love. And with Magic Round opening the second phase of this Premiership race, we saw all four Queensland clubs victorious. You had the Dolphins, shocking us all, yet again, beating the Sharks, again, going back to the ladder. They were sitting second going into that game, and now they're on equal points, I believe, with the Dolphins. The Dolphins, well and truly in the top eight Knicks, so this has been my favorite season in a long, long time. Uh, Then you had the Broncos, bouncing back after the Rabbitohs loss. I'll talk about them and their game in a moment because that's the Thursday night game. Uh, But Broncos, absolutely toweling up the Manly Seagulls. You had the Gold Coast Titans, who are now, like I said again, the latter. After that awful loss to the Dolphins, they've had two straight wins. They sit seventh. Imagine where they could be had they clinched that game against the Dolphins. But Gold Coast starting to hit their straps, and even the miserly Cowboys. Uh, They were on just a completely different level to the Roosters, who were very average. So that in itself was magic. Queensland proving to be a point of difference. We saw Panthers. uh, They found their next level going into Phase 2 of the competition. The Rabbitohs are the frontrunners. I've spoken about that on a couple of other podcasts. Uh, But Rabbitohs in better form than any team right now, and their last three wins have been against the best of the best. Then you have a side like Canberra, who are quietly building, Gold Coast Titans, uh, they have an elite forward pack, even West Tigers, back-to-back wins. You also have the injury-ravaged Dogs, who despite looking like an easy beat every single weekend, uh, they come out and perform and really challenge the team that they're up against. So it's an exciting point of the season. State of Origin is just around the corner. So now teams, they have a couple of weeks to find their next level 
before all the madness ensues. Most importantly though, let's get to the games, all eight of them. Dolphins with the bye, uh, and they've earned it, what they've done in this first part of the season. They can go to Bali, and no one, no one would give a shit. i tell you that much for free. Of course, if you enjoy today's podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, at notjustasportsreport, or you can follow us on your preferred platform, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to see uh, whenever all the NRL content comes out. They're all, of course, on Sunday, be the weekend rap podcast. So today's preview, all about asking some questions, throwing some predictions out there, and weekend rap is more once we have some answers and discussing those. But today it's all about round 11, the NRL preview, and there's nothing else to do now but get amongst it. Blimey, uh, we're not warming into this round. We're going straight for it. Thursday night, Amy Park in Melbourne, the first-placed Brisbane Broncos. This is not a magic round. This is not at Suncorp Stadium. And I tell you what, the weather in Melbourne, it's been pretty cold. And on a few days, it's been very shit. And I've lived in Queensland, Sunshine Coast specifically, spent a lot of time in Brisbane. I can tell you what, uh, it's not going to be Brisbane weather. Now that's only a small thing, uh, but yeah, I think Storm will quietly be hoping that it's just shocking weather whilst the Broncos are down there. Uh, Because yeah, I wish Melbourne had Brisbane weather, to be quite honest. Uh, But the Storm, they are hosting this one sixth place. After getting tailed up by the surging bunnies in Magic Round, they now sit sixth and heading into this one with Origin and everything and the players uh, that they lost going into this season. It's hard to tell. Like Storm, they're premiership contenders. That's where I have them. But at the same time, like I said at the start of the podcast, two or three consecutive losses and you can drop straight down the ladder. So this is a crucial game for both sides. And Storm, they are not the only side that the Bunnies have thrashed recently. The Broncos, responding from the Rabbitohs' loss and giving out a thrashing of their own against the Manly Seagulls. They are the latter leaders, and after completely wrecking Manly, they now have a significant test. They need to get the job done at Amy Park. Can you do it on a cold, wet night in Melbourne? That's going to be the question. Now, there's a lot of talk about Broncos and how many games they have at Suncorp. Uh, But at this point, I'm just like, whatever. They didn't give my Warriors, like the NRL, heaps of home games. So fuck them. I don't really care. And I'm like, Suncorp, again, I've been to Suncorp heaps. Beautiful stadium. Great stadium. So it's just like, whatever. A lot of the Sydney clubs only have to travel a little bit. So I think it's getting blown out of proportion a little bit. And... If I'm not mistaken, like last year, just before they crumbled, they came to Amy Park, the Broncos, and they were fucking killing it. I think they beat the Storm. Uh, I'm Fact check me. I could be wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure they came up and had a game where the Broncos were just like humming. I think Adam Reynolds had a bit to do with it. I'm imagining Katoni Staggs. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But I think that was when it was like, we were all like, holy shit. Brisbane could be top four here, and then they had the meltdown. Uh, But yeah, there's something like a danger point in my head, because what I have come to know is that Melbourne Storm, they're very hard to beat at home. But the Broncos, that's something in the back of my head. Like, they do have the cattle. Payne Haas is going to be so hard for the Storm to contain. And if they're going to have to focus so much energy on him, that it is going to open up the game for guys like Reese Walsh, Adam Reynolds, Katoni Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, uh, and Patrick Carrigan. Like, you don't just have to worry about Payne Haas. you got to also worry about Patrick Carrigan and co. Uh, so it's a big, big test for Melbourne as well. they got to defeat the latter leaders and Broncos. What they have to do is try and keep their spot at the top of the ladder, and what a statement victory it will be if they can get it done. Now, both sides are going with the same 17 from Magic Round. And here's a little stat attack from NRL.com. Stats supplied by David Middleton. 
Uh, he's the stats man. He, he loves that shit. Now, Storm's completion rate of 80% is amongst the best in the NRL. The Warriors on top with 82%. Uh, but Storm completion rates are going to be essential here uh, because if they give away too much ball, Broncos can punish them. But on the other side of that, Broncos have been making quite a few errors. So that is something where if the Storm can stick to that game plan and complete their sets of six, uh, look, if Broncos give too many opportunities away, we know that Storm have the players to capitalize. Now, talking points going into this one, uh, Broncos, one of their few road trips for the year, uh, and Melbourne Storm, look, they are a mighty team at Amy Park. You've got Craig Bellamy and Kevin Walters coaching the sides. Of course, a bit of history. Kevin Walters, a former assistant under Bellyache at the Storm. And one thing I had a look at that I haven't had a look so far this season at were some of the stat leaders across the competition, both teams and players. Now, interestingly, the Storm, like I said, they have one of the highest completion rates in the competition. Uh, but they only lead one category, and that's intercepts. Uh, they're tied with the dragons, so that t- I, like I don't know if intercepts are making a whole heap of difference. But Storm have had eight of them. Broncos leading a ton of the lists. They have the most kick return meters for any of any team. The most run meters. A lot of that attributed to Payne Haas. They have the most tackle breaks. They have the most tries. They have the most points in the competition. But they also, the Brisbane Broncos, have the most errors. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when you take into account that if Storm, if everything goes right with their game plan, they're going to have high completion rates. Well, Broncos, there is two sides to the coin. Most errors in the competition with 119. Uh, but, like, we are seeing a lot of brilliance. Now, Selwyn Cobbo uh, leads the negative plays across the competition with 21. So there are still a few errors to get out of his game, but he's so young, so there's so much time. Same as Reese Walsh, he's also in the top three for errors with 17. Uh, so yeah, like, but at the same time, Walsh, like there is a lot of brilliance. So sometimes you've got to expect the errors, but that is something in terms of this stylistic game uh, that if they do make a few errors, young players in the back line could put their side under pressure and it's Storm, they're going to be well drilled. I think we know what their game plan is. Get through their sets and they've got magic guys like Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes leading the side uh, around the park. Adam Reynolds, one of only three players to kick a two-point field goal. That could come in handy at the back end of the year. Something to note. And the most uh, post-contact meters, Payne Haas, with 669 post-contact meters. So the Brisbane side, they're leading a lot of areas of the competition, and they're also leading on the ladder. As far as some key battles and some key players, both fullbacks uh, will have a huge role to play in this one, Nick Meany, Reese Walsh. You have Xavier Coates up against his former side, Katoni Staggs versus Justin Olin. Uh, that's one I'll definitely be keeping an eye on. You have the halves battle, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes, an established premiership winning combination, up against Ezra Mam, uh, who's really come along in leaps and bounds, and the maestro, Adam Reynolds. Now Storm, like I spoke about, they have to contain Payne Haas, but they also have Carrigan, Flegler, Capewell, Ricky, Tapau, and a couple of others to worry about. So there's going to be a lot on Melbourne's plate, so it might not come down. To completion rates and errors uh, because if they can't contain Payne Haas, Brisbane, they're going to prove too much here. Storm though, they're big boys. You'd have to say Nelson, a sofa Solomona, he's the enforcer so I think he'll be tasked with really getting stuck in to Payne Haas. You also have Christian Welch, the captain, Eli Katoa, who's come over from the Warriors. He's a big body uh, and he'll have to step up here. And Josh King, who has stepped up Uh, from out of nowhere, signed from the Knights. And in his second year, he's already becoming a leader within this Ford pack. He gets through a lot of tough work, uh, but he's going to have to find another level here because he's going up against some Fords with real genuine X-factor. Point of difference in this one, 
Painhaas for sure. He's got the most post contact meters, amazing engine for a front rower, and he's just so influential in the middle for Brisbane. We saw how much they missed him in that Rabbitohs game. He comes back last weekend and they go straight back to their winning ways. Cannot wait for Big Nelson up against the pain train. Uh, and Melbourne, of course, with a void in the middle of the park this year. No Felice Carfusi anymore, no Bromwich Brothers, no Brandon Smith. Uh, so yeah, these guys on the fringes who are starting to establish themselves, like Trent Loyero, uh, Alec McDonald, they're really going to have to uh, punch above their weight here. Now my pick, Melbourne Storm. I think they can drag the Broncos into a grinding contest. I like the spine cohesion between Harry Grant, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, and Nick Meaney, who's doing a more than serviceable job in place of Ryan Pappenhausen. I think the weather comes into play here. I think it's going to be a cold night, and I just think it's not going to be an enjoyable game to play. It's not going to be like Magic Round, packed out crowd, uh, great weather. It's going to be a real dogfight, and I like the storm in that kind of game. Now, why am I going the storm? If I have to pick one thing, it's an X-Factor player, Cameron Munster. He's not just the X-Factor player in this game. He is the X-Factor player in the NRL. And so I think in a huge game like this, uh, now Adam Reynolds is going to have something to say about that. But in a huge game like this, where someone's going to have to take control, Cameron Munster, I like his chances. So we're going to lock it in. I'm a bit hesitant about this one, but locking it in is locking it in. I'm going to go Melbourne Storm over the Broncos. Let's bloody launch into the thick of the Friday action. This Friday 6pm game makes me very nervous. My 11th placed Warriors up against the 15th placed Bulldogs uh, at a core stadium in Sydney. Now, Bulldogs, they've shown some spirited efforts. They had a win going into Magic Round, and then they had a pretty spirited comeback against the Raiders side that they eventually lost to. Whilst Warriors, the past three weeks, we've faced the best sides, and we've lost all three of those games. So three straight losses heading into this, a game that we should win. But that's what makes me quite nervous, especially what the Bulldogs are beginning to show. So... This is a big game. Bulldogs, if they want to remain in the race for the top eight, which I keep saying 2024, I think is when they'll kick off, well, they need a win here. Whilst Warriors, we're losing steam. So we need to get that back with a win over the Bulldogs. Now, looking at the team news, Josh Adokar is back. So that is a massive in for the Bulldogs. And on Supercoach Draft, I just quietly snuck him into my team from free agency. So Josh Adokar, that makes me nervous. There's a guy who can score plenty of tries and do a whole lot of other things as well. Now Harry Edwards, Harrison Edwards is on the bench. Now Warriors, Jackson Ford is out, Edward Cossey is out, uh, head knock and knee injury respectively. Uh, Josh Curran, he starts in the second row, one of my favorite Warriors. And Rocco Berry comes into the centers for his first start of the year. Uh, Marcelo Montoya onto the wing, Ronald Volkman to 5'8", which is awesome because it allows us to move Dylan Walker back to the bench. Uh, and yeah, we've gone with Sivakula, the young bloke of Bailey Sirenin. Sirenin not playing that great, to be fair. Uh, but Rocco Berry, Ronald Volkman, for all the awesome things they can do in attack, I do worry about their defense. That's another thing about this contest that makes me nervous. There are a couple of places on the field that the Bulldogs can exploit. Uh, but overall, uh, I love this Warriors team. Adenfanua Blake in the form of his life. You have Tohu Harris, Murata Niukore and Josh Curran holding it down in the back row. Uh, so we've got a really solid forward pack. I'm keen to see Tavita Pangai Jr. up against Adenfanua Blake. And yeah, Josh Reynolds at 5'8". For the Bulldogs, Carl Oluwapu in the number 14 jersey. There's something telling me the Bulldogs are going to win this one. But given that I'm just such a fucking diehard Warriors fan, I we need to win this one. 
and I believe we can, but also knowing the Warriors like I do, this just seems like a game that might get away from us. Now, we beat the Bulldogs earlier this year at Mount Smart Stadium, but yeah, there's something in the air. feels a bit dangerous, but I'm going to go the Warriors strictly because they're my team. If they weren't, I'd be going the Bulldogs. I think it's a real danger game for us. Dogs have been in great form despite being 15th on the ladder. And as Warriors fans, three losses in a row to the best teams. There's still been a lot of encouraging signs, but then a loss to the Bulldogs and four straight losses. It would put us on the back foot, and we've done so well at the start of the season. Uh, But from Magic Round onwards, this is the second phase of the competition. And like I've said before, you need to lift to that next level. So Warriors have been awesome for the first part. This is a game where they have to lift to the next level, or Bulldogs are going to beat them. I'm going Warriors because I love them. Uh, Let's lock it in. Warriors over Bulldogs, and that leads us in to a juicy Friday night game. Friday night, Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. The third-placed back-to-back Defending Premiers, the Panthers, meet the 8th placed Roosters. Roosters coming off a shellacking at the hands of the Cowboys for shame. Our Panthers getting things back on track with a win over the Warriors. And now looking through the teams, looks like Panthers have basically got the same team. Roosters with a lot of troops back now. Matt Lodge, Satili Tupaniwa on the bench are massive inclusions for their season as a whole. No Egan Butcher in this one, but Angus Crichton starts, so it's an all-star back row. Victor Radley, Nat Butcher. In the front row, Warrior Hargreaves, Brandon Smith, Lindsay Collins, Manu Kiri in the halves, Billy Smith in the centres, Corey Allen on the wing, uh, James Tedesco captain. Awesome side on paper. Uh, They're not playing like it. They're not playing like it. Not just the Cowboys game, but they've been very hit or miss have the Roosters, and it just seems like they're a bit too good, that they're kind of leaning on that at times, and they're going away from what actually works for them. So, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt. Panthers, though, at home, uh, just with Origin around the corner, I think they're going to start to click into gear. Now, fullbacks, both elite players, Dylan Edwards, James Tedesco, uh, you've got in the centres Stephen Crichton, Tyrone Peachy, Joseph Swali'i, Billy Smith. I'm interested to see how that battle goes. But Joey Manu, Luke Carey, that experiment, last weekend they were very poor collectively. So Sam Walker, that's starting to become a talking point. And it's not a big deal. Uh, but Roosters, they should know. They have so many stars that they have to fit in. But they should have an idea of what their best team is. It's kind of Tigers-like to be chopping and changing, but they're not chopping and changing. To Trent Robinson's credit, he's stuck with Manu and Kerry in the halves, Uh, but against Luai and Cleary, it's going to be a tough battle. Now, obviously, individually, Manu and Kerry, world-class players, but as a combination, it's not quite there yet. Uh, But the battle I'm keen for is Leota and Fisher-Harris up against Lindsay Collins, Jared Waria Hargreaves. You have Lanier and Matt Lodge coming off the bench. Uh, So yeah, I think this is going to be a really physical contest. I think defense is going to be at the forefront of it. Now, in terms of attack, both lock forwards are going to have something to say. Victor Radley, uh, I think if Roosters are going to score some points against the best defensive side, of the last few years, uh, Victor Radley is crucial because you can't just play the usual plays going from side to side. You need to produce some footy through the middle. Uh, so Radley's ball playing will be essential. And on the other side, Isaiah Yo. I mean, he is at the forefront of what the Panthers have been doing. He's a co-captain. Uh, so I think the lock forwards are going to have plenty of involvement, not just in attack, but given that they're in the middle of the field, There's going to be a lot of defense to get through. And yeah, I expect this to be a really tough game. I think Roosters will be up for a response. But I'm going to go with the Penrith Panthers. I'm still convinced 
they are going to be factoring in when it comes to the grand final this year. So they're defending back-to-back premierships. Last side that had to do that were the Roosters. But yeah, I just, I don't quite know. They're still definitely premiership contenders, are the Roosters, but they're just fluffing about a little bit. And they should be a top four side, which they were last weekend. Because to be fair, like honestly, the third party deals, Nick Politis, all that shit that's tangled in with the Roosters, it's not their fault. They're not cheating the salary cap at all. They're just using third party deals and shit. So I'm like, fuck you guys, if you're not good, like, you're not getting any sympathy from me. So they should be way better for the team they have and the resources and facilities they have. Roosters, they should be leading the way, but they're not. And it's going to take some time for them to learn their style. You've got Brandon Smith, a new dummy half. And of course, they're still ultimately adjusting from losing a lot of hugely crucial players and leaders are all within a couple of years. Jake Friend, Cooper Cronk, Boyd Cordner, the Morris Twins. Uh, so now we're seeing these players like the Butcher Brothers stand up and take on bigger roles, Lindsay Collins. And yeah, we're seeing guys slowly become leaders of the club. But Sydney Roosters, I, I don't know. I, I would assume they're humble, but it just some of their performances just comes across like they expect to beat the Cowboys. And if 2023 is tossing us one lesson, it's that anyone can beat anyone. Like you have to be up for every single game. And it just seems like at the moment, the Roosters see their team on paper. They see the players that they have during training and they just kind of expect to win. And then when the going gets tough, like against the Cowboys or against the Dolphins at the start of this season, they don't really have a response. So Roosters, I still think, will finish in the top four. But last year, they fucked around at the start of the season and then they had to go so hard toward the end of the year where clearly they were the form team of the competition, but they finished outside the top four. They had back-to-back brutal games against the Rabbitohs and they were sent packing for the year. So they can't, even though they are the best side in the comp on paper, they can't just think, you know, like, oh, we're going to be there and we're going to figure come September and we are a premiership outfit. Because if they finish outside the top four again, it's a longer season than ever. And it's as competitive as ever. So Roosters, like, say they lose their next two, they drop out of the top eight. So realistically, they need to be much better than they have been so far. It's going to take some time. I'm not overly critical. They're working with some new players in the lineup, like Jackson Paolo. Uh, But ultimately, Roosters have too many resources, too many advantages to not be thriving. So they need to lift. I think they will against Penrith. But I just haven't liked what I've seen in terms of a consistent block of footy this year from Sydney. Whilst Panthers, they're facing challenges of their own in terms of losing guys like Kickout and Coruscant. But ultimately, I think their ethos and their mission is the same, and that is to defend the Premiership. And that is to do what this most recent uh, Roosters side failed to do and get the three-peat. So this is a huge game. Roosters, I expect them to play a hell of a lot better than they did against, I can't even remember who they played, Cowboys. Uh, But Panthers, I don't often go against them. I went against them in the Rabbitohs game. That worked well for me. I went for the Warriors last weekend. Dope. And uh, yeah, Panthers, they're still up and about. They still seem to have some gas left in the tank. So with Origin around the corner, especially in someone like Jerome Luai's case, I just think Panthers, they've had some great performances at times, like that smashing of the Raiders and the win over the Seagulls. Uh, But they're still clicking into gear. And every couple of weeks, we see them really gel. And I think this could be one of those weeks. So I'm going to go Panthers to get it done over the Roosters. I think that's the game of the round. And that's just getting us started. Because up next, we have three Super Saturday games. So let's get amongst it. Next up, the form team of the competition, 
the second placed Rabbitohs up against the 17th placed West Tigers, hitting a bit of a bright patch of form. Back to back wins, tough matchup for them now. Uh, but I actually think it's a good thing for the Tigers. They come into this one with a bit of confidence. They've beaten the Panthers and then they rolled that in to a Dragons win. They get John Bateman back here and nobody expects the Tigers to win here. So I actually think it's a really good chance for them to see exactly uh, where these improvements have gotten them in the bigger picture. Up against the side that is playing better than anybody. So Tigers back-to-back -back winners. Rabbitohs on a three-game win streak. Uh, tallying up the best sides that the competition has to offer. We're seeing the Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell uh, combination really start to hum. Isaiah Tass, he is playing so well. They've got to work out where they're going to fit him in uh, because he is definitely first grade standard. He is killing it. Uh, what else we got? Jareen Buller. Jareen Buller. This kid could be the answer for Wests at fullback. So I like the decision. They've got Junior Tupo on the wing, Stafford Toa. They've got a couple of really good young guys that are not household names, but they're building. I'm starting to get optimistic about the Tigers. You've got Wakeham and Brooks in the halves. Now, dummy half, huge battle. Could decide who gets named for the Blues at dummy half in origin. Damian Cook up against Tigers captain Api Korosau, a premiership winner with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, in fact. Now, for Souths, part of this run has definitely been their work in the middle. Tevita Totola, Hame Sele, Jai Arrow, Liam Knight, Thomas Burgess. They're going to be going forward all day. So Tigers, they need guys that can match that. David Clemmer starting to lift his best games in Tigers' colours over the last couple of weeks. And Stefano Utoikamanu. So for Stefano, we've been waiting for him to make that next big leap. Honestly, I could see potentially if he has a huge game, like Freddie including him on the bench. I know that's a huge call, but if I was to pick someone who was like a massive Smokey, not like the usual chat like Hamoli, Olakawatu, Hudson Young, Stefano, Utoikamanu. Similarly to how the Saifidi twins at different times were kind of brought in out of nowhere. So Stefano, it's a big game for him. The back rows, you'd have to say Tigers on paper has the better edge back rowers, Isaiah Papali'i and John Bateman. Uh, Cameron Murray, the captain of the Rabbitohs, he's been in fantastic form. Ultimately, I think the Ford pack of Souths is just going to have too much to offer and they are in such fine fettle. So I think their backline will be able to capitalize. Hopefully, Tigers can either win this or make it a really competitive game. Uh, I'm hoping they can get on an underdog run. And now, like, they would start to make some serious noise if they were to beat the Bunnies here. But I'm going to go with the safer pick. I'm going to lock in South Sydney over the West Tigers and move on to the next Saturday game. Next up, Cowboys at home. Coming off their best win of the season against the Roosters. Can that be uh, the catalyst for a turnaround? Because they, they made the Premiership last year. So they would have Premiership ambitions, but one win is not enough. They need to start stringing some wins together. And at home, this is a massive opportunity to do so. Looking at their draw over the next couple of weeks, North Queensland, this is the most important part of their season. Really awful start. They've got Origin ahead, where probably Ruben Cotter is missing. Throwing that Taumalolo isn't there. Jeremiah Nanai suspended. Uh, a lot of their players not in the same form as last year. This is the most important game of the Cowboys' season so far. They sit 14th, and they host the 16th place Dragons. Anthony Griffin on borrowed time. The Jaden Sullivan experiment worked really well, uh, but I've said it on heaps of different podcasts. Dragons, just from the top down, they're not going in one unanimous direction. They're a bit all over the place. They are more than a bit all over the place. So they have a great side. I love Jack Bird in the lock forward position uh, and Jack DeBellin to the front row. I think that's the right idea, the right combination. 
Still no Zach Lomax for the Dragons. Tyrell Sloan kept on uh, despite a pretty poor showing last weekend. And look, I have the tier, uh, competition split into three tiers. Premiership Contenders, Tier 1. I have about seven of them. Finals Mix, Tier 2. And then sides that probably look toward next year, Tier 3. And Cowboys, Dragons, both in my bottom tier. Although Cowboys, over the next couple of weeks, if they can get on a winning run, they'll boost themselves back up to Tier 2. But Dragons, despite having a great team, it's, it just baffles me to like have all this Anthony Griffin shit from the very start of the season. Like at least now, if the chat started while well, they're 16th, it's warranted. But they just the chat had already started before a ball was even kicked. So it's been an uphill battle for Anthony Griffin. I think it's just a matter of time before they go in a new direction. And so the Dragons as a club, they're already focusing on and a lot of their energy is expended on next year what's to come in their future which yes it's important to shore up your future but in terms of this season it seems like they'd given up before they'd even had a crack at it and the players came in saying they had top four aspirations but just from the top down they're not on the same page cowboys for as shit as they've been and as much as it pains me to tip them here i'm gonna go the cowboys because i think look todd payton's the coach peter parr I'm pretty sure, is he still the football manager? Did he go to the Knights? Am I like five years behind everything? But just the whole setup, you've got Michael Luck as part of the setup at the Cowboys. I think despite how shit they've been playing, they all have the same goal. That's to work toward this top eight, toward the final series, and to have a real shot at the premiership. So I'm going Cowboys on that basis. I've been far from impressed by either outfit, but Dragons, I say it weekly, I mean, the board, they don't know what they want. They need to come, apparently, to a unanimous decision on who the coach is going to be. You get a group of anyone together and have a debate. It's not, it's barely ever going to be unanimous. So, like, the fucking board don't know what they want. The coach has been under so much pressure going into the year. They could have let him go before the start of the season if they were going to do this. Uh, and it's just, it's been such a shit show. The captain, Ben Hunt, do they play him at halfback? Do they play him at dummy half? Is he even going to stay if Anthony Griffin goes? You've got some amazing young players like Tyrell Sloan, Jaden Sullivan, Talatau Amon. Is their development being hampered by this absolute circus of a club? Most probably, yes. So I just think that Dragons, like if all of them, were on the same page if there wasn't any of this Anthony Griffin drama. They are a fantastic team, but they've got all the shits going on. Zach Lomax has been dropped. I mean, the Fair Guy twins, they are dope, and they are a big part of the future. They are two young guys who are potentially having their development hampered by this entire mess. So, great side on paper, a team full of exceptional footy players, but the board wants one thing, the coach is thinking something else. The captain, he's too busy having to think about, okay, I'm half back here, I'm dummy half here. The coach who he's close, super close with is all but likely gone. Uh, so there's a lot for Ben Hunt to have to manage. You've got these young playmakers who should just be playing footy, uh, who don't even know who their coach is going to be going forward. So I just think Cowboys, they've been so shit. But I would imagine... Look, I think a big part of how poor they've been was a shortened preseason, having young players debut in Origin last year, from an Origin into a final series for a World, uh, for a World Cup, or into a World Cup for a lot of them, into a shorter preseason, into the season. So I don't think it's so much about Cowboys being all over the place. I still think they have the same goal. I think it's been more of a physical than a mental uh, sort of slide here. So if they can get back up for this, which they were able to do against the Roosters, but one game's not enough. So Cowboys will be so focused and so set on winning this game and their overall goals, which they, as a 17, as a top 30 coach, board, everyone, they all have the unanimous goal right now to work toward, at the very least, the final series. 
Whereas Dragons going into this game, there are so many different things going on. Uh, so I think the clarity and the focus will be enough for North Queensland. Bit of a fucking rogue way to describe my tip, but that makes sense, right? Like, we'll find out. We'll find out. I'll discuss that theory on the weekend wrap. But yeah, Cowboys, look, the, the point where they could lose this is in the Ford pack. I think Dragons have a great Ford pack. Uh, but the game's also one up here, pointing to my mind. Well, not my fucking mind. I'm not playing. But yeah, I just think Cowboys, they have to one goal. Premiership. They were burned last year, right before the final post. They have the goal of getting back there. Dragons, there are so many different goals. Anthony Griffin, goal, survive. Ben Hunt, goal, probably to play fucking halfback. Jaden Sullivan, goal, play halfback. Yeah, board, goal. Who knows? Who knows? Some would probably like Griffin. Some want another coach. Some want Shane Flanagan. Some want Jason Riles. Jason Riles probably doesn't even want the Dragons. He'll probably sign with the Storm if he can, or just wait it out at the Roosters. So it's a kerfuffle. Cowboys, Todd Payton, no one's talking right now about Todd Payton's job, so they can just fucking focus on what they can control. That is the footy. Hard for Dragons players to do that. Harder for them to do that. And both sides suck at the moment. So I've gone Dragons a few times this year, uh, because the Mad Dragons vodcast has just endeared me to the club a bit more. And I used to love the Dragons. Like Matt Cooper, Mark Gaznier, uh, just before the Wayne Bennett era, through into that 2010 Premiership, I loved the Dragons. They were always just this top side. Even if they weren't like leading the way or pre- Premiership contenders outright, they just always had a mad side. So... It's not like that anymore. They've got a, arguably better players, 1-17, to 17, but still just, yeah, they're not, they're not the same Dragons I came to know, let alone the Dragons that went like 16 premierships in a row. So they're fans. They have this certain standard. Dragons are nowhere near that. This has been a very long-winded Dragons rant, so I'm going to lock in the prediction, and we are going to move on to the Saturday night game. Cowboys over Dragons, gee whiz. Pack your scarves and your jackets because the Simpsons are going to GIO Stadium in Canberra. I'm not though. Uh, The Raiders, ninth place, hosting the 13th placed Eels. I already forgot they were in the grand final last year. This... This Eels version sucks. I want my money back. If I was a supporter, if I was a member, I would want my money back. I'd be like, where the hell did Reed Marnie go? What about Isaiah Papali'i? Why did we let him go to the Tigers? Murata Niakore. Oh, he's gone as well. He could have maybe stepped in for Papali'i. Uh, who else they lose? Oregon Kafusi. It's just, I don't know. When they had a team that was qualifying for the grand final, they let some key pieces the puzzle go now they don't have Regan Campbell Gillard and in this one they're without Mitch Moses he's out so Jake Arthur's in respect to Jake Arthur I don't have a bad word to say about him but I do have bad words to say about the Eels they suck except Clint Gutherson Clint Gutherson just kills it every single weekend but yeah Eels they're probably going to miss finals this year they have to win here they really have to win here they've still got a great team Sean Lane Jermaine Hopgood Ryan Matteson, Junior Paolo, Josh Hodgson, good signing. I just, I, I don't know why they let Reed Marnie go. And Dylan Brown, he's starting to find form. But the Eels, yeah, it's just not it. They are just not it for me this year. Raiders, they are my second team. At the start of the year, they were not it for me. Now they are it. I'm liking what I'm seeing. They're on a bit of a run. But Eels, the exact kind of team that can trouble the Raiders at home. Now, Matty Timoko, he made my team of the round. Uh, I think, I don't know, there was just something telling me. I think he's in for a repeat huge game. Anytime try scorer, Matt Timoko. I'm just feeling that. Albert Hopawate comes back into the side, so Savage is out. Uh, Ricky did allude that Albert, who attended his sister's wedding or something like that, um, he would be back in the side. So 
Raiders are starting to find some form, and Eels are just a bit yuck at the moment. And no Mitch Moses swings me in favour of Canberra, who, going into this year, I had as dark horses for the Premiership, like a team that no one would have been talking about, even if they're like finished 5th or 6th, there'd be other teams ahead of them they're talking about. A true dark horse, like not an obvious pick. I thought the Raiders could go very well this year. Poor start, they're starting to string some form together. And I spoke on the Weekend Rap podcast, this is the end of an era. Croker will probably be gone next year. Jack Whiten heading off. Jordan Rapiner in his final years. Josh Papali'i. Who knows how long we get to see the legendary Josh Papali'i do his thing. So there are a lot of awesome young talents at the Raiders. So it's not the end of an era that concerns me. I mean, Corey Horsburgh. Look how he's stepping into that lock forward position. You've got Joseph Tarpane in the front row. Uh, so I'm actually quite excited to see a lot of these young guys in Canberra's system get their chance in first grade. But right now, uh, I mean, I'm just enjoying the end of a great run. Croak has been around for ages. He was one of my favorite players at the Raiders. Jack Whiten is my favorite player at the Raiders. So it is an interesting time as we see some of these experienced guys who've held it down for so long now start to make way for some young guys, untested. But, you know, when a Jack Whiten leaves, there are young guys like Brad Schneider and Ethan Strange, remember that name, uh, who could very well step up. There might not be a need for a marquee signing. So Raiders, this is probably because they're my second team, and I'm just feeling Matty Timoko on this particular weekend to have a big game. I'm going the Raiders. If Eels have Mitch Moses, that probably swings me in favour of Parramatta. There's something about Parramatta. They really just trouble the Raiders. They just There's something about them. Junior Paolo in the front row, Dylan Brown, Micah Sivo, Clint Gutherson. These are some of the guys that could really burn the Raiders. And of course, Josh Hodgson makes his return to GIO Stadium against his former side, the Raiders. So that will be a storyline. Um, and of course, yeah, big game. So I'm taking Raiders. I actually saw Josh Hodgson last year when I went down to GIO Stadium, watched the Raiders Roosters. Matty Timoko scored in that game too. That was kind of, I was thinking, thinking along these lines. Um, but yeah, Josh Hodgson, he was injured. So as I was walking into the stadium, they were like talking to him. So I was like, wow, Josh Hodgson right in front of me. Um, and I gave him some tips on like dummy half service, a few things I've learned over my time. And he, he's a big dude. That, not just like big, I know all the NRL guys are pretty big guys, but he's quite tall for a hooker. And side note, one thing I always wonder, like from bad posture, noise bending down and not doing it correctly and picking shit up, I wonder with dummy halves, because you see it all the time, they're not doing correct posture, but I guess they're not lifting. These are just things I think about at night when I should be sleeping. Uh, but yeah, let's lock it in. Raiders over the eels. I hope for their sake they can keep this run going. And let's keep this run going. Into the Sunday ticket, two games to go, so let's finish strong. From the luxurious beaches and beautiful holiday lifestyle of Bali to McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. The Newcastle Knights. The boys are back from Bali. I say let them live, whatever. Yes, they got pumped, but they didn't get to go to Magic Round, so may as well go to Bali. Uh, a lot of heat on them. I don't think they'll really care, like what Paul Kent and shit say, but the fans, like the fans' opinion has weight, and yeah, it just, it wasn't a great look going to Bali after getting smashed. It was the buy round. Now, the best teams in the comp would be training hard during the buy round, but Newcastle are not the best team in the comp. Is that an argument as to why maybe they should have stayed and trained? Maybe, but I tell you what, if my work said, hey, have a week off next week, I'd fucking, I'd love to go to Bali. So 
Hopefully they had a lovely time. And I actually think the media, without trying, have accidentally given Knight's motivation to come out and win here and kind of silence. I mean, if they come out and win off the back of Bali, where surely there are a few hangovers rolling around and shit like that, if they come out and win, well, then it's just like, oh, okay, maybe they just needed needed the freshen up. Uh, but they're taking on the seventh-placed Titans, who've won back-to-back games. They beat the Seagulls. They beat the Eels. So they're beating teams that they're contending with for spots in that top eight. Now they've got to face the Knights in Newcastle. And I just expect Newcastle to be really up for this. I think the Bali thing going to be a kick up the arse. Kellen Ponga and Jackson Hastings haven't had much time to work together in the halves. Up against Foran and Boyd, who are forming nice little partnership. Kieran Foran, his antics last weekend, his heroics, all with a broken foot. Uh, so Foran is so important to this Titan side. They've got Jaden Campbell, who's an absolute live wire. Uh, both the fullbacks, key parts of why I'll be tuning in. Lockie Miller, Jaden Campbell. Dominic Young head-to-head with Alofi Khan Pereira excites me. Uh, and of course, there was a swap deal between these two clubs. Greg Marziu, former Titan, now on the wing for Newcastle. And Chris Randall, a dummy half who probably would have been in Phoenix Crossland's position right now. Uh, Chris Randall playing number nine for the Gold Coast. Now, Titans have a way better forward pack. I do like for the Knights that they get Adam Elliott back. Jack Hetherington on the bench. Obviously, the Saifidi twins are really quality as well. Uh, but I just cannot go past Big Tino, Mo Fodawaker, who is back in the form that saw him get selected for Origin a couple of years ago, and David Fafita. Uh, so on paper, I like the Titans a lot more. There's something leaning me toward Newcastle here. I'm not sure what it is. I think it is just the Bali thing. Just, they'll, they'll want to kind of come out and be like, fuck off. Just let us go to Bali. Um, but yeah, that's the kerfuffle. Classic NRL stuff to just come up and be a talking point. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go the Newcastle Knights. And if they come out and play awfully, then I reckon it's curtains for their season. I don't have them making the top eight. They're in my bottom tier of the competition. Uh, but through from the start of the season... All the way to that Penrith game, they were showing me a lot. They were playing well above their weight. So if they can go back to that, well, look, their season is still a live chance. But if they come out here and resemble the same team that got absolutely whacked a couple of weeks ago, then, yeah, it's probably curtains for their season. They've gone to Bali. They've come back. They've lost again. And then it'll just kind of spiral from there. So Newcastle... I, I, I'm not confident at all. I like Gold Coast a lot more on paper. Titans, if they get three straight wins, that will be huge for their season. But yeah, I'm just my point of difference, the Bali incident. The Bali incident. I think the players are going to come back. One, they will have refreshed a lot of them, had a good time in Bali. And two, they know that if they come out and don't perform, there may be no more Bali holidays. And I'm sure they had an awesome time. So they'll be like, guys, let's win. And then the next buy, we can go fucking back to Bali. Could be a proven formula. So I'm going to go the Newcastle Knights. I think the cocktails will serve them well. The time on the beach. Probably some ridiculous behavior. I've actually never been to Bali, but yeah, I wonder how it would go. Because I think I'd be a bit more respectful. But yeah, it would just fucking Aussies. Act like the biggest dickheads. The biggest dickheads. We just go over there and fuck some shit up. So maybe Knights have been doing a bit of that. They are footy players after all. Uh, But they've got it out of their system. They can come back to Newcastle. Try get their season back on track. I'd rather see Titans win, to be honest. They have more of a chance of being an exciting team in the finals race. But Newcastle, they've had a kick up the arse. If they don't respond to this, what are they going to respond to? Let's lock it in. Knights over the Titans. And let's move on to our final game of round 11.
Closing out the round, we have the 10th placed Manly Sea Eagles coming off losses to the Titans and then a spanking at the hands of the Broncos up against the 4th placed Sharks who got a bit of a spanking of their own by the Dolphins dropped from 2nd to 4th. They will want to maintain their spot in the top 4. Of course, everyone from 3rd Penrith down to 9th the Raiders are on 12 competition points. So... Like I said at the start of the podcast, the ladder is going to fluctuate a lot. Uh, now, Sharks very disappointing last weekend. Sea Eagles the same. I honestly, I'm tipping the Sharks, but honestly, for most of this week, I've been feeling the Sea Eagles. I just realized that I'd gone every home team except the Warriors. So I was like, you know what? I can't just be thinking these home ground advantages. So I'm going to go the Sharks. Uh, but it, it is interesting. Sharks. They want to be a top four side. I think they will be. Seagulls, they, they want to be a top four side. They were in the top four just a couple of weeks ago. Now, they've got Tolu Kola back. Tom Trebojevic has been named. But they are still without Jake Trebojevic. Now, they get Ben, but still without Jake Trebojevic. And that ultimately, that takes the heart and soul out of the middle of the park for them. And they're contending with Dale Finucane, Cameron McInnes, Oregon Kafusi, Royce Hunt, Jack Williams, and Thomas Hazelton, who's been very impressive. So I think Sharks are going to be able to win that battle in the middle of the park. And I see Nico Hines capitalizing guys like Will Kennedy, the wingers, Talakai, and Ramian as well. Ramian, actually, a former Sea Eagles junior. I, think, I just think the Sharks are going to have a little bit too much strike in this one. And the Sea Eagles were looking awesome at the start of the year, but now there's all this Josh Schuster drama. And I feel like for the Seagulls to be a finals outfit and contending for the premiership, they need all hands on deck. They need Josh Schuster fit and firing. Right now, it doesn't seem like he's either. He's getting him punch-ups at training. So Seagulls right now, they're just veering a little bit off course. The, a win here gets them straight back on track. And that's what makes them a real danger side here. The bounce back factor, uh, but Sharks are going to have a bounce back factor of their own. They're the best attacking team in the competition, which I think Manly defensively will have trouble with. Uh, but defense is the name of the game. That is where not just this game, but the competition is won and lost. And it's where the Sharks game last weekend was lost. So you can have the best attack in the comp. We've seen it before with like the 2001 Eels. You can have the best attack in the comp, but if your defense isn't up to the absolute top tier standard, you're not going to win the premiership. So I would imagine a coach like Craig Fitzgibbon would have these Cronulla boys drilling defense hard all this week, whilst Seagulls defensively are missing the best defender in their team and potentially the whole competition, Jake Trebojevic. So that opens up a path to the victory. Uh, the victory through the middle. The Sharks have got to go through the middle. I thought a lot of the time uh, last weekend they'd try and like hit their edge back rower like Teague Wilton or Britton Nakora, but they were trying to just come up with shit and the Dolphins were turning everything back. Now Seagulls, I don't know if they have that same kind of heart that the Dolphins have had this year to be able to turn them back like that. So with Sharks with ball in hand, I think Manly will struggle not going to bet any money on this game. I, I see Sea Eagles as a real danger side here. Uh, but Nico Hines, he's the X-Factor man. Only a couple of weeks left to force Freddie's hand into selecting him in the halves. A commanding display going head-to-head -head against the Queensland Origin captain in Daily Cherry Evans would be a great way to state his case. So Sharks, I think they finished the year in the top four. Was very unimpressed with them last weekend but in the bigger picture i still have them as one of the top sides while seagulls could really go either way so i'm leaning towards cronulla here let's lock in the final pick of the round sharkies over the seagulls and that is it all eight games wrapped in under an hour pretty good pretty good and of course this weekend uh, on sunday straight after the games the weekend rap podcast today i've put the predictions out there asked some questions, weekend wrap, all about talking about uh, some of those answers. 
So look, we're just under an hour. We're about to hit the hour mark. Now seems like the perfect time to wrap it up. So thank you so much for listening. Appreciate the support. As always, enjoy the week. Take care of yourselves. And most importantly, get amongst the footy this weekend. It's going to be a fantastic round and origin just around the corner. 